You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 12, episode 14. I'm John, I'm joined by Josh. How you doing? Good evening, John. How you doing, mate? Good, I still get a voice as well, which is good. Just about. Unusual after we started the game. Uh, just about, mate. Um, the, the away games, the voice just goes completely. But uh, the home games, because it's only one day, you're out, you know, singing and all that. Uh, generally, it survives. But get this, I'm getting older and older. It's going to come to a point where I'm going to have to turn, you know, turn the volume down a wee bit. Aye. Aye, you say you're getting older, but you're definitely not getting any wiser. No, definitely not, mate. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can take that to the bank. Uh, we'll put out a play just now. Josh lost his pink Scotland top yep. on yep. Saturday somehow. I know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, seriously. Uh, all joking aside, John, if there is any listener out there who was at the game on Saturday, um, I was in the North Stand um, and I had the 2019 Women's World Cup pink uh, Scotland away top, the limited edition one. It was a small man's. Now, I had it off at full time and I was whirling it around my head and it, we were going by Battlefield uh, Tesco's or Co-op or whatever it is and I realised I didn't have it in, on my possession anymore. So between Hamden and that point, I have lost it somewhere. So if any listener knows anyone who found one of those tops or anything like that, please, please get in touch. Yeah, I was going to say, you're being lucky in terms of like most of the guys that go to the game. I don't know who would fit into a small part of you, but we've got Alan on. He's about the only other person I think would fit into it. Um, though we've got many females now that go to the game just now, so I'm sure plenty of them would fit into it. Alan, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Um, I've just left my camera off because I'm currently wearing his, uh, his top. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I, 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 wasn't, uh, I wasn't lucky enough to be at the game, but I, I, I saw it and it was, um, it says something when you're sitting on the couch watching the game and you're They've got nothing but jealousy for everybody at the stadium. So, um, no, it was a good one. Aye, so it's been a good week. After the disappointment of June, September is going well so far. And we are recording this on Monday. So let's hope that Tuesday's game continues. We get the result we need in terms of getting promoted to pot A. That's that's a very way to put it, a team, John. Well, there is that. Do we want to start with that type of stuff just now and then we'll go back and reflect on the games that have passed in terms of the current situation? Um, so it seems like it's probably not a good idea to go at Tom Kitchen's restaurant. Um, obviously, Dykes and Adams must have had the same meal. Um, we're there. Hey. Aye. It doesn't, it doesn't get much worse, does it? I mean, we've, we've got what... Even before the squad was announced... We had three of our regular uh, defenders missing. Actually, three, four. Suter, Hanley, Cooper, Robertson would all have been in the squad if they'd been fit. Then we play Ukraine. Patterson goes off, gets injured. And then Saturday, we have Tierney get injured. And then the Scott McKenna one's a bit of a mystery because i never seen that he was struggling at all in the game. So whether something's happened after the game or something like that, maybe there's been a wee pool or something like that, the muscle and that's kind of led to him being out because he was brilliant. Hendry and him as a partnership over the two games, I think, were top class. Um, 
so we're left in a situation now whereby the debate is back. Will it continue to be a back four, which was a surprise over the last two games, or will we revert back to the, the back three? Thoughts initially on that? Right. Uh, I think it's um I think it should speak to, for, a, for a lot of folk when you say you, the, the way we played with the back four and even the way we continued to play when Taylor and Ralston were together in the park, um, it kind of it kind of showed that, that, that they're comfortable with that system as well. Um, with, the way we've used the five at the back is with when you've got both Robertson and Tierney in the squad um, and you're trying to facilitate them both to keep, get two world-class players in there. Um, now that we've not got either of them, there's no real reason to do that. I guess if you're looking at the players they brought in, you've got Kingsley um, and you've got um, Gallagher, and they they've both well Gallagher's played in um, a back three before, and Kingsley does it for Harps. So there's options there to, if he wants to do that. But for me, I think back four, uh, and then you can either have um, Gallagher or Kingsley come in for the McKenna role um, and stick with with Taylor out left. Do you think that even though Portis was in the squad initially, there would be more likely to be Gallagher or Kingsley that would start? Hard to to say, John. I mean, the the thing is, the squad, you know, let's not beat around the bush. The squad has been decimated by injury. Um, We are are looking really light at the back. Um, Hendry has come on to a real game um, for Scotland. Um, over this camp particularly. I think he's always done pretty well for Scotland, but um, I think he's been particularly good um, in this camp. Now, this situation with the back four, um, Steve Clark, when he first came in with Scotland, was asked about what he was going to do in terms of his formations. Now, he said in one of his interviews that he is a big fan of the back four. He always played back fours through his um, coaching career, um, with with clubs, that is. and it's it's with, without the Robertson Tierney dilemma, you know we would be playing a back four, and we would have always been playing a back four. I, I don't have any doubt in my mind about that. Um, I think Robertson prefers to play in a back four. He, he prefers to be that kind of deep uh, fullback that can make runs overlapping his winger. I think Tierney prefers to play in a back four. Um, I think the centre-backs, that partnership of McKenna and Hendry um, looked really solid and really impressive because, um, you know, both of them can play um, and both of them are tall, strong, powerful, good defenders. Um, so He's a think, as well for the centre-backs. Definitely, definitely. And so I think the, the back four works, you know, literally for everyone, for the supporters, for the players, for Steve Clark, for everyone. The issue is, is when Robertson and Tierney are fit, playing a back four means that you cannot get both of them in the team, right? Because you could potentially play Tierney at left centre back, right? Um, because in my, in my view, the idea of putting them at right back now when we've got Hickey and Patterson is a non-starter. Um, so in you know, a proposed back four, you know, with the Tierney Robertson problem, you would have to probably play either leave one of them benched or play Tierney at left centre back, which is a risk. Um, so it's yeah, I think I was talking to talking to my mates about this. I think when 
we do have them both in the squad. I think we probably will go back to the back three, back five. Uh, but being honest, I don't know how often we're going to have them both in the squad um, because Tierney has played with injury problems. Um, and Robertson is it's not a hundred he's, he's not a hundred percent he does have knocks here and there, but most of the time he's he's in the Scotland squads. So it's it's not been a problem in this camp that well, not thanks to the Robertson injury, but it's not been a problem in this camp. It will be a problem in future. Yeah. Shows the depth we have though as well in terms of like Alan said earlier, but Greg Taylor comes in and there's not really any kind of difference getting shown. If anything, actually because Ireland are maybe more aware of kind of Tierney's threat going forward. Maybe they gave Taylor a bit more freedom to get for, to get forward because I felt Tierney was maybe restricted a bit getting forward the way that Ireland played. Whereas Taylor came on and they actually had a bit. I definitely had more freedom. I thought. I well, you look at um, you look at how Ireland were set up, um, and obviously they had their um, their backline like just they weren't really shifting, and they were all they were all in sync. Um, Tierney wasn't getting a chance to get forward, and I think on his side he had uh, Doherty. So. Yeah. Like you're talking about probably probably their best player. Um and he had he had actually had a good game for the most part. He was getting frustrated and tired later on, I think he got a yellow. Um but apart from that, he he can probably be quite happy with his efforts, um, Doherty. So he can ex- shut t- uh, Tierney out. And you're right. I mean, the thing is if you're a defender and you've got, you're up against Tierney all day and he goes off for Taylor, you're automatically like my day is gonna get a wee bit easier. Um but the good thing for Taylor is he just keeps on going. And even for the for the Christie goal, sorry, for the Christie um, cross for Henry's goal, Taylor was right there to give an overlap and give the defender something to think about. Um, and he was doing that we one twos, um, overlapping, uh, inverting a couple of times and just uh, being a nuisance and getting, getting that high energy performance that he gives for Celtic week in, week out. Um, so it's been, it's good. And also, you've also got young Doig. I mean, um, obviously, Clarks came and said that he's a he wants to show there's a pathway for the under twenty ones and he's already shown that because you've got Patterson and Gilmore in the squad, um, but he wants to show there's a continued pathway there and they thought well what's what better to do that than bring in the under twenty one captain and put him in the squad uh, and now he's getting a chance to be around and you never know with the, with the way everything's gone um, he might find himself getting a few minutes um, against Ukraine um, so now we're, we're definitely. Um, we're, we're stacked at that side and uh, it'll be a big loss with it, Tierney. There's no getting away for that. But um, Taylor's right now probably in the form of his life. So, aye, we can't have any complaints with that, if that's our option. Alan, uh, just, just just on, I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts, mate. Um, the, the Greg, When Greg Taylor came on, um, having watched the game back now um, after uh, seeing it through a drunken uh, Hayes uh, in, in the stadium um, Taylor played for me, he played like a player who knows when he gets his chance he needs to take it because he's not going to get a lot of chances um, with, with, with Tierney and Robertson uh, ahead of him um, do you think, I mean I, it's, it's a headache we've got that much depth at left back right, but you know, it is a good, I mean it is a, a good thing you know, it's it's hard for us because we all like individual players, and I like Josh Doig. Um, but I just, you know, for the foreseeable future, I don't see where he's going to get a game. But I like him as a player, and I feel bad for the boy that he's he's unlikely to have the Scotland career that he maybe would have if he came through in the team ten years ago. Um, uh, it's just that 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 kind of depth. I mean, is that a good thing? 
I hundred percent is. I mean, you you look at the well, you, look, you look at the ages of these players. I mean, obviously Robertson's what late twenties. Um, so Robertson's going to have. I mean, to be honest, he's got the fitness. He's probably got another five years in the Scotland squad. Um, but his time will be running out. Um, whereas Tierney's got a wee bit longer, but then Tierney's, as we know, he's he's well, for lack of a better word, he's injury prone. Um, so he's always going to need somebody behind him. And I guess we're lucky that Hickey's two footed and he's so so solid. Um, I just loved that he's went for playing for Bologna and he played played a lot of games at right back for Bologna, um, but predominantly he played left back. So he's got that experience. Brentford have bought him and he's been right back all season for Brentford. Um, so you've got a player there who can play either side. He's probably going to switch that right side with Patterson for the most part. Um, but for Doig, I think he's young enough that there's plenty of time uh, on his side. I mean, he's going to. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's also he, he's a bit different um, to, to to Tierney and um, Robertson. I mean, you look at he came in and I'm pretty sure he got a goal, maybe on his debut, but his second game um, in Syria, and uh, he's 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 right up there in terms of he plays more as, as a left winger for them. So I mean, you never know if he can get a game at left back, he might get a, a game at left mid um, for Scotland because um, I mean we've seen you've seen Clark sort of. Mix it up a bit. I remember Ralston's debut. Did he come on at left back um, against Denmark? Oh, I think he um, did. So, yeah, I think he did. Uh, so I mean, he's he's no. He will bring folk on a weak position if they can play there. Um, so what, what was that wild game? Uh, it was like this year or last year where where uh, Robertson played right back. Was that against Denmark at him or away? Sorry, was it? I can't remember. Oh, yep. I was Denmark away. I've never seen that because I remember I looked at the team sheet. I was like, I hope it's Tierney. I hope it's Tierney. And then it was Robertson. And you're like, this is mental. <laughs> this is. Um, and you look at it now. I mean, that was when we were like, where are we going to get a right back from? And then three months later, we had Patterson made his breakthrough. And then now you've got um, obviously Ralston and you've got uh, and Hickey. Um, and then there's the players that are coming through underneath that, Harris and Ashby. And then left backs are deeper down the line. Um, you've got McIntyre at Reading. And there's there's. Loads of players that could come in, if, like players that like maybe ten years ago you'd be capping them already. Um, hey, but, hey, don't hey, don't be don't be forgetting to name check John's mate Calvin Ramsey at Liverpool. Aye, oh, well, he, he, he will. He will end up being a contender. Uh, I seen that Aspey wants um, try to get a move away from West Ham because he's yeah, not getting what? game time. Newcastle were like with him. Well, that, that, that's, 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 that's a chance that. to get a game there, but it shows uh, maybe how you know how kind of highly rated he is. No, absolutely. When Newcastle are a team, you'd assume with money that they're only going to buy the best. Um, obviously, they've got a, a strategy which are quite... Obviously, there's not a lot to like about Newcastle in terms of the ownership, but in terms of the way they're financing the club, they're not just throwing money and buying tons of 50, 60 million pound players. Um, they're trying to invest sensibly and move their way up the pyramid sensibly. Um, and if looking at players like Ashby, it obviously shows the, what you think of him. Um, he, was on the, he featured a lot on the bench last season. Um, for West Ham, and uh, yeah, you must be at the stage where if he's no, if he's no further forward, then you'll be looking for a move. But uh, aye, there's a, a, up and down the pyramid in, in England and even up here. There's tons of players that are they're going to make the breakthrough. I think we've all seen, even going around on Twitter. I didn't see the games, but under twenty one games where uh, Doak scored in his debut, um, and then uh, there's really been for, off the bench as well. Aye, well that's it. There's been praise for Wilson, and I think that when he. When he name dropped the uh, when he did the post match uh, conference, he said that the two players that he's most excited about is Wilson and Doak. And I mean that's two players who just came into the setup under twenty ones. Um so there's a lot to be excited about. And I think competition's good. 
it's and it's also just good for fans because I mean, when have we had a time where we've seen actually I'm not worried about ten years time or five years time? You've got that there's folk coming through in every position. I mean, Gilmore, he he's sort of your McGregor centre midfield role, and then um, we just if Wilson can kick on and just clear us up for a striker, um, we're sorted. Yeah. Um, so we're back to the original thing we think back for a back day tomorrow Pe- personally um, I think he might revert to a back three tomorrow right, um, okay. I, I don't know why I, I'm, I'm saying that but I just think that I, I think that because the squad's been so decimated um, we we only have Henry now as the only regular centre back. I know Gall- Gallagher's been off, been involved lots in the past, um, but I just feel that Clark will want to go with a more shored up defensive lineup tomorrow, and he might be tempted to revert to the back three. We've got Kingsley there who could play that Tierney left centre back role. Mm-hmm. Um, Hendry's played the right centre-back quite a few times for Scotland and, and Gallagher could play in the middle. Um, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but I, I don't think it's the time to give Ryan Porteous his debut. Um, I, I'm not overly convinced about Ryan Porteous generally, but I'm not going to talk, you know, I'm not going to talk ill of him. Yeah. Um, b- but I don't think it's the right game, considering the, the magnitude of it, I don't think it's the right game for, for someone of his temperament. Um, so I, I would probably think that, that he might be tempted to revert to the back three. I suppose the extra factor as well is we're not going to have the extra physicality in midfield McDominay being suspended. So that might make him think a back three as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, if you're talking about a, if you're talking about a defence where you've got new faces, you're going to have somebody who's new uh, in, in amongst there or somebody who's not, not been there in a while. Gallagher is familiar with the back five, um, even if it's no recent... Um, and as you say, Kingsley, he's familiar with a back five. Um, and then your right side's all right. I think as long as Hickey looked like he trained today. So if you've got Hickey uh, and Hendry, they're starting there. Taylor's at left. Um, then you've just got to figure out um, the other two. You could have uh, Gallagher and, um, and Kingsley. But uh, I think centre of the park, it, it's going to depend on... Um, I guess it depends on the way you want to approach it because you want physicality. You've got Jack, uh, he comes in, he's he's going to be your muscle in the centre of the park. Um, I guess that would allow McGregor to get a wee bit further forward than Jack can sit, perhaps. Um, whereas if, if you've got Gilmore, then it's going to be McGregor that's going to be the, the mess of that and Gilmore's going to, I guess, be, be stringing passes together and, and getting us uh, up the park, I think. What we've got, uh, Mudrick's a left winger, I think. Um, yeah. So if we can get, if we can show up Hendry and, and Hickey, then um, I'm fairly confident they can deal with him. Because Hickey came on uh, in that home game and Midrick didn't get a look in. Um, so I think he's got his number there. Uh, it's up the other side where you've got the likes of Yarmolenko, um, who is obviously such an experienced forward. Um, and if he's got somebody who's perhaps, if, if, for instance, if he came up against Portis, um, I think he's the kind of player that could wind somebody up quite easily. Yeah. Um, so I think you'd want somebody who's got a bit of experience here. And I think Kingsley, as much as he's no he's no player at this level, he's um he's a player that's just he comes I, I went I went to the and obviously they, right, they got beat 4-0 hearts, but I went to the Istanbul Basak Sahir game at Tynecastle um a couple of weeks back. 
And I mean, Hearts, it wasn't a 4-0 game. Um, Hearts could have scored, and, but they should have scored maybe one or two in the first half and made it competitive. They didn't. And then Basak Zahir just kind of somehow managed to get four goals. Um, but uh, even that, watching Kingsley, you just saw a sort of player who was a level above that. Um, and I reckon come, coming in where he's got good players alongside him, he would thrive, um, like a lot of players do in the Scotland setup. You look at Gallagher, you look at um, players who generally get a lot of criticism, and they come and play for Scotland, and they're, they're solid. Um, O'Donnell is another one. I want to mention, actually, we got a wee bit of luck um, with Craig Gordon, seeing as his misses gave birth on Saturday, as opposed to the I was stressing out, thinking, what if uh, the baby's not arrived and then he's going to travel to Poland? Surely if the baby is due, he'd maybe think, I'm not travelling, but it's all good in that front, so we're fine goalkeeper-wise, because that would have been our stress. I mean, either maybe Kelly, it would have been been Kelly making his debut in such a Mm. big game. You've got to say, John, you know, I I know Craig Gordon's the ultimate professional, right? Um, But you've got to say, it speaks volumes to the atmosphere and the feeling of this squad. That, that Craig Gordon was willing on Saturday there to to you know almost put his his personal situation with his wife to the side and, and play for Scotland. Um, I, I don't know if years gone by with the kind of feelings and and some of the squads and the kind of the you know the malaise that I felt had set in before Steve Clark with the players. You know, I don't know if if he would have. Stuck around in the squad, mm-hmm. um, you know, and years going back. Maybe that's just the cynic in me, um, but it, I think it's personally. I think it speaks volumes to the fact that every player, no matter their age. I mean, Craig Gordon's forty. Is, is he forty? Is he forty? Yeah, thirty nine. Um, but and he's still desperate, hungry to play in you know the huge games. And Tuesday is a huge, huge game. Yeah, it's massive. Um, he must have obviously had a good Christmas, though, in terms of the baby just arriving just now, because nine months on. You know that? Uh, Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon's birthday is the 31st of December. Uh, so he's 48 in December. <laughs> there you go. Um, so uh, yeah, he'll have a very good Christmas uh, this year. Um, but uh, I, think, I, know, I think you're absolutely right, Josh. I mean, you look at it, it's... I mean... If somebody's having a baby, like we we wouldn't like as fans, we wouldn't even complain if your wife's giving birth on the Saturday. Nobody's going to complain and say, "Why are you know coming to pull in the Scotland shirt?" You know what I mean? So to for him to, as you say, make sure mother and baby's healthy, straight back into the squad and put in a good performance. I mean, I mean a couple a couple of the saves he made were he's ain't doing, but uh, I mean that that one where he passed it out and clicked it again, I had the absolute fear, um, but. Uh, I mean, he put in, a, he put in again another solid performance, um, which just it, it kind of it gets it's it's exciting for that. But you're also just thinking whoever comes in has got such a big set pair of gloves to kind of go into. Um, it's it's not going to be easy for whoever comes in. And the problem there with the Nations League um, is that each game is so competitive and it means so much that there's none of these pointless games that you can just chuck players in for the debut. Um, I mean, we've got hopefully a couple of friendlies coming up um, for other teams in the World Cup, um, which I guess is a bit of another problem. Clark's got is he talks so much about momentum. And if you've got, if we just say we win against Ukraine, um, Clark's not the kind of manager that will want to lose a couple of games before he goes into a Euros campaign. 
So then what do you do? And also for Gordon, if he's coming to the end of his career, he maybe knows he's got two or three years left. Um, I'm, I'm wondering how long he has got left because they've just signed Xander Clark. And it doesn't seem like the kind of move that a rising star keeper would go into if, he did, if he's not going to get guaranteed game time in a year or two. That's a difficult one. Um, so maybe they know something we don't in terms of maybe Gordon's only got a year or two left. Um, so we really need to start thinking about when we're going to get another keeper going. But for now, we're fine. It's just... Uh, it's something we need to think about quickly. Yeah, the, so, key, the, the keeper, the keeper situation is sorry, John. The, the keeper situation is a worry um, for me. Um, I, I think that I, I agree. With, I agree with everything you've said, Alan. The, the, the only other thing that, that would that I would think would be that the fact that Craig Gordon missed out in so many years uh, of his career, he, he probably wants to play his. You know, he probably wants yeah. to be one of these kind of Van der Sar type figures playing his forty-two and all this. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree with everything there. It's it's not a move that anyone. I don't think anyone's seen coming when Xander Clark moved there. Um, and it just it doesn't seem as if there's another top keeper on the horizon. Liam Kelly, Xander Clark, they're all very good keepers, yeah. but you know they're not of that same caliber as David Marshall, Craig Gordon, Alan McGregor. We've been blessed yeah. for too many years. We have. I mean, there's there's the younger guys coming through. Um, obviously, the one is uh, Kieran Slicker. Um, seen him a few times, and he's obviously still raw um, at Man City. Um, he might be on loan just now. Actually, I need to check that. But he's probably the one that's been named up. And there's a few sort of done there. But you've seen how long it can take a keeper to get to that level um, where they can they can step up. I mean, you look at the age of uh, Kelly and and Clark, etc., and they are mid twenties and getting on. They're no, we're no getting lucky with a keeper who can come in at 19 and chuck them straight in like a Donnarumma or whatever. Um, it's it's not been like that. But uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that that can that can change. And I mean, we've seen how quickly somebody can rise. I mean, you look at the likes of Ben Doak, he's 16, put him, came through last season and he seems to be accelerating up the, the ladder quickly. I mean, to the point where it's only going to be a year, a year or so before maybe he's going to be either a loan move or he'll maybe feature for Liverpool, who knows? Um, but he's shown that age is but a number and he's uh, it's really good to see him get his goal um, for Scotland on the 21s and just add to that excitement we've got for him especially again in another area of the pitch we're quite short in the final third yeah so that's something we were discussing last week we were surprised that maybe no one else came in to the squad it was either a striker or a wide player they brought in obviously Doig and Gallagher last week Um so yeah, if we can get any more attacking options, it would be good. Because I still feel the squad is still lacking another attacking option, especially well, what got, happened um, today. He, he brought in Mackay. Um, oh, he's brought in Mackay now, yeah. He's brought in Mackay, and Mackay, I mean, um, I, I, don't know, I don't know if either he's watched the Riga game on TV, um, and uh, Mackay looked good. Uh, obviously, it's against Riga, but um, I've seen a bit of him uh, a couple of times this season. Uh, a few of my mates are Hearts fans, and uh, they've been raving about him. And seeing him and his link-up play uh, in the Riga game, again, if he gets space and he gets the chance to run at people, he's a player who'll do that. Um, so he's a different option. Uh, I thought, I mean, to be honest, he's, I mean, I don't watch a lot of right, but I'd imagine he's fairly similar to right. Um, I don't really know what the difference is between them. Maybe just game time. But I, don't, I think Scott, I don't think he'll get called up now. There was a, maybe a wee spell last year he might have been considered, but Rangers fans don't rate him, do they, Scott, right? Aye, but it's one of these. Uh... Look, look, a lot, a lot of Rangers fans do rate Scott Wright. That, that's the thing. Um, Scott Wright has came on since since he left Aberdeen and came to Rangers. He's, 
Physically, he's got bigger. Um, he's more. Um, he's more athletic now, um, and he is a good player. Um, I just. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I think probably answer it. It's probably a game time thing because he doesn't start too many games for Rangers, um, so that's probably why. But but you know he has had brilliant moments for Rangers. Um, he's played you know a lot in Europe and he's played. Uh, he scored that you know famous goal in the Scottish Cup final um, last season. So I, you know I would be thinking he's an option, um, but you know is he going to get in the squad? I don't think so. Um, Mackay, just on Mackay, a controversial, but I think Mackay, no, Mackay's looked brilliant for Hearts and, and flashes, but I just, for me, I think he's he can be too hot and cold, and that was his problem at Rangers as well. He, he's, you know, he, he could do some absolutely phenomenal things, particularly with the ball at his feet. You know, he's like he's ridiculous in terms of his footwork and his skill. Um, in flashes, but he doesn't do that. You know, if he was able to do that with with a great deal of consistency, then he would be. You know, it would be a a, a top top level winger. Um, but you know, um, I suppose then the other side of me says, what winger does do that sort of thing every time yeah. and, and and beat his man or whatever? So I mean, Happy's in the squad as an option, um, but. I don't. I think for me, I think Scott Wright and Barry Mackay would be about on a par with each other. And mm. being honest, I think you know what's really interesting about that though. Well. You talk about like um, yeah, he is. He is incredibly tricky, um, and he's he's a great player to watch. And what's really interesting is like, are we right now? Obviously, it's been Robertson's injured, and that might just be it. And we'll, we'll revert back to the five as soon as they're both both fit again. That might be the case. But it's, it would be interesting to know if right now whether we're going through an evolution of Clark squad. Because um, he's been manager for a wee while, um, he's got a good win ratio. I think he's got the second top. He's going to have the best win ratio um, very soon, anyway, um, of a Scotland manager. Um, so, he, and he's brought in younger faces. And again, we're bringing Doigan, um, and he's now switched to the four at the back. Uh, and for the first time, we're seeing like a Mackay. You know what I mean? Like a tricky winger um, who's who's there to sort of just either draw fouls or get progressors at the park. Um, I mean, obviously, he's a fan of Fraser, but Fraser's slightly different. He's a bit more direct. But uh, it's maybe it's maybe a case of it'd be interesting to see what, if anything, he, he manages to see in Mackay and then whether he'll bring him back because Mackay's a player we've not really seen before in the Scotland squad. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see what he does there. Uh, and I guess for Ukraine, if you're preparing, like, it's just something completely different. Um, it's nice to have that I guess on the bench it's just sort of, rather than obviously Dykes and Adams are the same sort of player we've not got a Brown not got a Ross Stewart um, so having somebody else uh, like Mackay is going to be uh, just give them something else to think about Do you think on the subject of Brian Fraser that he could potentially start against Ukraine? Possibly, but I mean, possibly. I don't. I don't think that's. Um, I certainly, you know, with these performances over the past two games, I, I certainly don't think that's out of the um, out, of, out of the realms of of, um, of feasible. Um, I, I do think that playing with one. Now, are you talking about playing him out in, the, out in left mid? His preferred position. Are you talking about playing him up top? Because I think I playing him really up... depend on what yeah. how Adams and Dykes are, and also as well what formation we play. Because yeah. there would be merit in terms of away from home. I think having someone that like Fraser that can run into the channels 
mm-hmm. pulls maybe centre backs out of position, yeah. do different yeah. things like that. The pace that can hurt teams, or is he better coming off the bench where he has got that pace against tired legs? I think, yeah, I mean, look, you know, pace is always great, but you know, one, one of the things that we've seen Adams and Dykes um, give us profusely is. Um, it's that kind of physical presence up top um, and a guy, particularly Dykes, in, in some of his performances over the past couple of years, um, you know, he, he has been that outball for us and, you know, with the best world in the world, you are not getting that fair Ian Fraser. Um, so definitely for me, if he's going to start left left mid because he is a danger, um, there's no, um, when he cuts in on his preferred foot, I just think he's, um, and 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 you know, I just think he's a he's a really top, he's a top player, Ryan Fraser. Um, and it's it's been a shame that we haven't maybe been able to get him in as many squads over the past kind of five years as we would have been able to through injury, through club reasons, through fallouts with managers or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, it just it just goes to show you know, Alan, when you mentioned Jacob Brown there, um, or you did, John. That was the first. That's the first since he's since he went out injured before um, the game against Ukraine. That's the first I thought about Jacob Brown, um, and it just shows you how much you know how how much we missed his, his not his presence but his readiness to be there as an option, um, mm. and it just shows how little depth we have at striker. We really, really don't have a lot. I think it's, what's interesting is the type of player that Jacob Brown is as well, because obviously we talk about how you've got Fraser's very different in terms of, as, if you use him as a forward, he's very different to what to your Adams and Dykes. Um, but bringing Brown to the squad um, kind of just reinforced that that's the kind of, what, what Clark values in a striker is someone who's got a really high work rate, someone that can hold up the ball um, and ideally bring others into play and then create chances with overloads and uh, it's just such a shame because it kind of felt like see if see if Brown was in the squad for this full window, he would have had more minutes than he's probably had um, in his whole Scotland career so far. But just because of the injuries and how quickly these three games came about, because um, a lot, I, I, I certainly didn't think too much of it. But there's a lot of clubs, but sorry, a lot of teams bar in Ukraine who've who've played only two games this window. Um, we are us in Ukraine are playing three games, however. Ukraine had the, the benefit of playing Armenia where they could make 11 changes to their squad. Yeah. Um, so in terms of three, how, the most competitive games, we've we've played three highly, well, we've all played three highly competitive games in this short space of time. So that's where you really need bodies. Um, and I think what we saw there was probably Dykes getting more minutes than maybe he would have got in that game against um, Ireland. Because, I mean, the good thing is we've got hopefully a fit and fresh Adams if he can overcome this illness, um, which it looks like he has because he was training again. Um, but he only, so he, he only played, I think it was maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, against uh, Ireland. So he's managed to get a rest and he'll come in and be fit again. Um, but as you know, if Brown was there, he probably would have brought Brown on because Brown just gives you that same physical presence. He's got speed, he's got power. Like a lot of... Um, it's, like, it's almost like if you stick a, a Damatriori up front, um, but he's got more goals in him. Um, so he's and he's got off to um, a good start to the season, um, getting a couple for Stoke. So uh, it's a massive shame for him because this could have really been the time for him to kick on. Um, but I've no doubt Clark likes him when he'll be back. Um, Ross Stewart as well, he's injured um, for Sunderland this season. He, he started the championship season 
flying. I mean, he was top scorer for the first few weeks because a lot of folks said that when he made that step up to the championship, that was going to be him. He wasn't he wasn't cut out for it. But he showed clearly that he's a goal scorer and he can score so far at any level you put him in. Um and so uh, it's it's gotten for him as well. Um but it's uh, we've got we've got goals here and obviously if we've got Dykes and hopefully hopefully Dykes is fit. I didn't I didn't see him in any photos, but um if we've got Dykes and Adams and then you've got the likes of Fraser, um we've got enough goals up there um to get a result. And as long as McGinn's fit, you've got goals. Uh, to pick up on something that Clark said, right? Obviously, with all the permutations, we can get a point tomorrow, and it's enough to win the group. And when public, he said we're going out all we can to win. Do you believe though that the the selection and setup, the way we play, will reflect that? Um, look, but we'll never play. I don't. We'll never play for a draw, right? Contrary to what some, you know, uh, naysayers would have you believe, Steve Clark is not a defensive manager. Um, his teams, you know, his teams are very good to watch. You know, the, Scotland play, Scotland play attacking football in a balanced and um, well managed way. Right, um, we we, you know, I mean, when you think of some of the goals who scored over the past three or four years. You know, it's been they've been really impressive. I, you know, I'm, I'm particularly talking about some, the, you know, some of the quality of the goals. You look at that um, Henry one against Ireland on um, on Saturday. There, that's an, that's a great goal, and and you know, you know that that is not. I mean, not straight after training ground, but but Clark had you know his tactics in that game. And that particularly in the second half for me were spot on. That's that's not just um Hendry going on a women going on a wee run. He's been given for me, I think he's been given a bit of license to take the ball and um get up the pitch and get involved in the attacks and make those runs, be that kind of physical presence as a centre back, you know, um playing a bit forward on some of the some of the overloads. Um so I um I I think I, I don't think we're gonna set up to um, get a point, but we will be organised, um, as we always are under Clark. We will, um, and, and that's part of the reason I said earlier that I think we'll go back to the back five because a lot of the players that we have in the team now, particularly the defenders, are inexperienced playing for Scotland, um, and that has been the hallmark of the hallmark of Steve Clark's time in. Um, is the manager has been the consistency of his teams and the consistency of the squads. He has brought players in. He's introduced new players. He's introduced young boys. Nobody can deny that. But there has been a, a running theme of um, regular faces that have appeared in squad after squad. And then, you know, maybe I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like Sadek Klingarka, Stephen O'Donnell, maybe when it's coming towards the end of their tenure, he's starting to kind of phase them out gradually. Um, he's never really made, you know, he's never been a manager to make five or six changes in one team unless he's absolutely forced to. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I think we'll set up to win the game, certainly, but we will set up in a managed way to make sure that we don't fucking lose it. <laughs> I, I'd have to, um, I'd have, I completely agree. I think um, you made a point there that he's he, he doesn't set up to do anything other than win. And I, I mean, if you go Fenleys aside, like, when do you think the last time we drew a game was? It was it was England at Wembley. So uh, so like we've not, we didn't draw games. Um, you know what I mean? Like we either win or we lose, and I think obviously we've, we've won in the vast majority of them. Um, but I so I mean we've got a couple of draws in the the friendlies we had against Austria and Poland. But 
taking them away for it. Uh, we should never have drew that game against Poland. That was that was ridiculous. Uh, I think if we, if that had been a competitive game, we'd have buried them. But um, aye, I mean, Steve Clark clearly sets up his teams to win. And I think the other thing, the interesting dynamic we've talked about, we only need a point, and that's all, that's all Scotland need to qualify. Ukraine need to win. Um, you, like even if we're sitting looking for a draw, we're going to have Ukraine throwing everything they've got at us because they need to win the game. Um, yeah. They've got no, they've got no other option. They've got three points, so they're out. Um, so, if anything, we just use that to our advantage. We didn't, we didn't, have, we didn't have to come out the traps looking for a goal quickly. We we just have to be patient, come into the game, take our chances when they come. Um, and obviously, if we're having to wait to the second half, we know that there's goals in us late in a game, um, and we can get a result because the longer, it, and the benefit is the longer it does stay a draw, it favours us more than Ukraine. So it, they'll push forward. Maybe that's the time we've got either a Fraser or a Mackay or somebody to kind of exploit that because um, they are going to get tired and they are going to start taking more risks. What we don't want is for them to get an early lead and for us to be chasing it. So we'll see if we are going to revert to that back three, if you think that. Do you think Christie and Armstrong will start? Like in a 3 4 2 You know, considering both's performances, particularly Christy um, in this camp, I, I, I don't see any way that you don't start um, one of them, if not both. I think Armstrong was particularly impressive against uh, Ukraine, did not get his goal, missed a couple of sitters, um, or, well, one sitter in particular, uh, but, you know, he missed a, a couple of so-called sitters. Um, but, you know, you're forgetting, you, you know, when you break down, I mean, I've seen a good thread, I can't remember what Twitter page it was, um, but there was a thread that done um, a, a kind of um, lots of Scotland goals over the past kind of uh, number of years, um, and I actually couldn't believe the amount of assists Armstrong has. He, he is he's a very productive footballer, you know, in terms of creating chances, and that's what he kept doing. See all those, all those chances against Ukraine that we missed in the kind of first 60 minutes um, last Wednesday night. If you go back and watch those highlights, Armstrong's involved in nearly the, in the, in the build-up to almost all of them. He's very, very impressive. Um, so, what one if not both, but I don't, you know, based on the performances, I don't see how you can leave either out. Christy with that assist. Christy was brilliant on Saturday. <laughs> really, really good. good. Done well for the penalty. Uh, cross for the Hendry goal was was sublime. Um, I think the only thing it would be if we're playing three at the back and we're losing the physicality of McTominay in midfield and then if I think Callum was saying that like maybe Ryan Jack comes in you're maybe then going to have Jack McGregor again which leaves only maybe room for a Bromster or Christie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pro- probably, mate. Um, I, I suppose the good thing about Armstrong is that, is that he, ca- he can... He can be a wee bit more diverse um, than, than yeah. Christie. I mean, Christie's definitely top end of the pitch, uh, but you know Armstrong can play a wee bit kind of deeper and play more box to box. Although he's a lot more effective um, in that kind of top end of the pitch. Um, so I, it's it's a good headache to have for uh, Steve Clark, definitely. Yes, would you, Cal? Hey, I'm actually just trying to jot down a team here, and I, I'm kind of. If you if you're only if you're doing if you're doing five at the back, I think you're talking about uh, one or the other, uh, and you're probably going with Christie because 
Armstrong, as much as he's been productive, and yet, to be honest, even in the Ireland game, um, in that first half, um, Christie played a, a quite a smart through ball to him, and he tried to take it with his left foot, maybe rather than just smash it through his right. And again, that that was probably a goal. Then, to be honest with you, if he'd, if he'd got that connection right, um, so he, he he was still right in the mix against Ireland uh, and had chances. Um, the thing with Armstrong is historically he's never been one to play every game in an international window. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of these players that uh, Hasenhut was always said that you have to monitor him. Um, so I think it could be. I mean, I didn't get me wrong. If he if he starts, fantastic. But if I'm trying to guess what Clark's going to do, I'd say that if any player's going to get rested out of that forward area, it's going to be Armstrong. Um, and then Christie seems to be the fittest guy. He's in an absolute brilliant run of form just now. So um, I w- if, if if the two of them, if you were to say who, who would you rather have on, I'm more than happy for it to be Christie. Um, right. But, okay. uh, What's your team then if it's a back three, back five? Uh, oh, back three, back five. Uh, Taylor, Kingsley, Gallagher, Henry, Hickey. On my back line. Do you want the full team? Aye, go on. Let's see. Obviously, Craig Gordon and Cole. Aye, Gilmore, McGregor. What we got there? Gilmore, McGregor, McGinn, Christie, and Adams. Hey, okay. I say eleven. Hi, Josh. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually just doing the same there. Uh, so, um, yeah, Gordon, uh, back five of Taylor, Kingsley, Gallagher, Hendry, and Hickey. Okay. Uh, midfield two of um, McGregor and Gilmer. Um, then McGinn and Christie supporting Adams. Right, so same team right for the back four. Sorry. If it's the same as the last two games, four, two, three, one. Oh no, I'm going to be a back five. I don't uh, know if, if I'm doing a oh. if I'm doing a back if I'm doing a back four, I'm I'm dropping out uh, Sorry. Uh, I'm dropping out Gallagher. Um right. and then Kingsley there, and then you'll just you'll stick what did I go with Fraser or Armstrong? Uh, is that is that a bit I mean is that a bit of a risk though, Alan? You know, putting Hendry, who, you know, naturally a left back, I know he's a big, strong boy. He's, you know, played centre back for Hearts, but is it a bit of a risk putting him in in a back two, or what do you think? I, I mean, it, it is, but again, it's, it's, I guess it's depending on what kind of, if, if we want to be on the front foot all the time, um, and if he's going to be the one to step out, um, I guess you've got Taylor doing that. Um, I mean, knowing, knowing Clark, he would go for experience, and he's got a player in Gallagher who he knows what he's going to get. So he's mo- if I'm picking, I'm picking Kingsley because Kingsley played for Falkirk. Um, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got my biases. But uh, it would, it, I mean, you're going to have no issues if Clark was to say, right, I've, I know what I'm getting for Gallagher. I think they said he's, what, he's got eight or nine caps. Um, Obviously, so, Belgrade, played in Belgrade. I know it was a while well, ago. That, I think that's, the game. Game. That's, that, that's the game that everybody remembers him for. Um, and he was in the Euro squad. He was there. Was so... So he's he's a player who's he's well known very Let, recently. Let's um let's not forget as well um Gallagher's best uh, tight well he, you know the time when he was in the Scotland squad and he, and he was playing well for the Scotland and, and the few caps that he did have 
Uh, he was uh, at Motherwell under Stephen Robinson. Um, and he is back under Stephen Robertson at St Mirren, who are doing very well in the league. So, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, talk down Declan Gallagher as a footballer because we all knew when he was at Aberdeen that he is a good centre back. He just, I don't think it was, I don't think Aberdeen was the right fit for him. Um, yeah. And I don't want to talk down St Mirren as a club either, but, you know, relatively speaking in our league, they are, they are a, a small fish, you know. Um, though he is a good player. So, I mean, he might come in. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm saying it's a bit of a risk, but I'd probably tend to agree with you, Alan. I'd probably go Kingsley if it was a back yeah. four. I'm okay. just looking to see who he played with. He's played, he's played, Gallagher's played in the centre with Considine and McTominay alongside him. He's played um, in the centre with McTominay again alongside him and then Tierney and Robertson. Um, I mean, the, the, thing is, the thing is, what you've got is if, they talk, they, there was a lot of talk about um, how 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 much um, it, Henry's grown as a player over the last few years. Um, how, uh, in fact, Henry went in the Scots Abroad podcast. This was years ago, um, maybe a couple of years ago, and he talked about um, uh, how he developed much later than a lot of folk his age, uh, and he, he struggled with that um, when he got to his late teens uh, and into his twenties, um, and it took him a wee bit longer to develop. And he felt so a lot of the clubs that he was at early doors never really gave him that chance. Celtic being one of them. Um, and so when he went to Ostend, that's when he, I think there was there was talk um, how he had the the centre backs that was alongside him, or at least his his back line were all like sort of twenty twenty one, and he was the leader of the group. And in that season with Ostend, he just grew because um, he had to grow. He had to take on that leadership role, um, and he, he relished in it. And that's where he sort of uh, came at the Scotland setup. Um, got his move to Club Bruges and again did phenomenal there for the time that he was allowed to before he got shafted by the new manager. Um so if you I think the good thing is in that back line, if you've you although you're gonna have um Taylor um and either Gallagher or or Kingsley, you've got a leader in Henry, um someone who can really take on that role and, and keep them organised. Um so it doesn't matter who you put there. I mean, if you put Gallagher there, you've got bags of experience. Um, if you put leadership as well with Gallagher, exactly, and leadership as well with Kingsley. Um, and so you've got you've you've but you've got a, a international experience and a player who's in form, um, who's going to relish that uh, in Hendry. Um, and also when we saw Hickey, Hickey doesn't need anybody. Um, he's he's comfortable um, managing himself. I think to be honest, in his debut against Ukraine, uh, he, he was he was much more well not his debut. So I think he made his debut against Poland. Um, but uh, in the game against Ukraine, in his competitive uh, debut, he struggled a bit in terms of he, he wasn't taking chances and getting forward as much, but alongside him was McTominay, um, someone who was out of position, playing at right centre-back. Um, and I felt that in the game since, where he's been playing alongside Hendry, he's been able to play his own game, um, Hickey. Um, and that has been incredible to watch. Um, so, yeah... Um, no, I think I think what we've got is I think everyone's sort of looking at the players that have came in, and you're going actually, no one can complain. As you said, if he's at Rob, if he's with Robinson at um, St. Mirren, and he's doing well. Um, it's, it's actually I think it's quite good as well because you, you could almost say that if, if we lost a couple of right backs, O'Donnell's never out the picture. Um, I saw him on sports scene, and he almost looked a wee bit sad uh, when he was doing the highlight reel, and you just felt for him. You're like, you're a guy who's gave us so much, um, and you, although. We're all happy to see Hickey and Patterson and Ralston. 
he's such a nice guy that you're like, ah, oh, just get him in the squad anyway. Um, give him the give him the phone call. I half wanted him to do like a live call up while he was doing the highlights, <laughs> <laughs> like just to see the smile on his face. Got to got got to agree with you there, Alan. He's it's a sad one, Stephen O'Donnell. Stephen O'Donnell is definitely a cult Tartan Army figure, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not like nobody's ever. You know, he's nobody's ever going to pretend he's 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 a world class footballer. Um, but he's not, in my view, he never in any of his twenty five caps, I think. Aye, aye. In any of his caps, did he let Scotland down? Um, he was never the sexiest overlapping. You know, he's pretty good looking. Oh, Donald. Oh, no, no, you don't mean that, but you know. He's never the best kind of overlapping, attacking, you know, fullback, but I don't think he ever let us do it in any of his games. No, I, and I don't see, think the, he... see, the thing is, see if he'd, uh, you know, it's gotten like, I, he had that, he had a really good chance against Austria, um, which I wish he'd scored, but that chance against England, if that was the only goal he ever scored in his Scotland career, that would take him to a new level, because he's, he's already a cult figure. Mm-hmm. Like, if he'd scored against England at Wembley, and a one no win, like mm-hmm. man, like yeah. uh, it would just take off. Um, but yeah, he's a player, as you said, like he's never let us down. If he never plays again for Scotland, he'll be remembered in high regard um, by everybody who ever saw him. Um, it's only it tends to be people who never watched him that like complain about him in, in the squad. But I've, I've always enjoyed him, and I think because he's so unassuming, he also he's he doesn't pretend to be a world beater. You see when you see when you're speak, you're listening to him. You you like you feel you want him to have more confidence because he comes across so humble and so aware of his own ability and limitations and what he can do. Um and you almost feel that it's it's definitely Clark and the management team and the squad around him who are giving him that confidence um to play his game. Um he probably epitomizes the squad just now whereby these players are fans as well as players. Which I don't yeah. think in the past we've always seen when certain players get called up, it was like almost an inconvenience. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Agree. Aye. Agree. Um, see reflector on that last week then, Ukraine, is that the best performance we have seen under C Clark? Got to be honest, I, I, and I'm not just saying this now, I did actually say this to my mate driving down the road that night. Um, I, I, I still felt that the Denmark performance was better. Um, in the passages I play against Denmark I just thought we absolutely out-footballed them you know I just I thought we were extraordinary that night Uh, having said that um, Ukraine that will take some beating Um, you know uh, I mean the the Denmark game you know that was a special special night Um, and Ukraine was a special special night as well but for me a wee bit of the gloss was taken off, off of it with the fact that we know we've got that performance in us and we didn't do that when it mattered in June. Well, not when it mattered. It obviously matters now. But when it really, you know, it was, you know, it was his playoff semi-final um, and we had to get through them and we just didn't turn up against them. Um, so that, for me, took the wee bit, of, wee bit of the gloss off it. But, hey, it was a brilliant performance like top top level and I didn't actually know um, till Alan said there that Steve Clark's on his way to being um, the all time highest win percentage of a, of a Scotland manager I didn't know that that's incredible um, and it begs the question you know we'll just put it out there 
you know, is Steve Clark on his way to being the greatest Scotland manager? I think oh. it would have to. It would depend on whether he can qualify for a few tournaments because it's still going to be Craig Brown until someone else can qualify for three tournaments. I, I think I think it's so difficult a question because if you ask anybody who's watched Scotland for 40, 50 years, they'll say no because they saw more tournaments under previous managers. But if you if you can be rational and look at how much more difficult it is to qualify for a World Cup now, for instance. No, it's actually easier easier to qualify for a Euros now, um, I believe. So we should be qualifying for, for qualifying for Euros on a regular basis. So we've done one. If we can get to 24, fantastic, and, and keep it going. Um, if we can get to a World Cup under Clark, I think that elevates him. Um, but then again, say we didn't get to a World Cup, if we can get to a Euros and get out of a group, that's another level as well, because that's never been done. I think he's he's on the way. He's he's on the way. I think he just needs something. He needs to, he needs to win a few important games, a, a few bigger games. You know what I mean? Like all, all these games are important, but he needs to win them. Like you said, like the games that the Ukraine playoff game that was a big match. The way we performed at Euro twenty twenty that was a disappointment. So apart from the Wembley game, so I think that's all he's missing. Uh, is some big, meaningful, really meaningful games. Um, and if you can get some results in those, it, it has to be. It absolutely has to be. Yeah. The, 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 one, the one thing that struck me, um, the, one, the one thing that struck me, Alan, is that under Clark, since Clark took over um, against Belgium and uh, Russia, um, where, where we got absolutely battered uh, from them, I don't actually remember us playing, apart from probably Croatia at the Euros, um, where we you know, where we were um, we were both solidly beaten. I don't actually remember us playing a top, top, you know, one of the kind of top one of the kind of big big five or eight teams in in the world, you know, you know, a, a Spain, a, a an Italy, a even like a Brazil and a friendly or that. I don't think um we've actually played anyone like that apart from Croatia, Belgium Denmark, um, who yeah, you would well, say is De- up there De- just now. Denmark are up there right now, but but I mean, you know, what one of the what what I'm I'm thinking about the teams that you would normally think are one of the top the world's top teams, and that you get to World Cups and you think right, they're you know they're a shoe in for quarterfinals at least. Um, so I, I'd like is I'd like to see as a barometer, you know, where we are. I'd like to maybe in the next qualifying campaign, if we do get one of the big boys. Um, I'd like to see how we how we fare against them um, and how we play, yeah. and then that will give me a, a more of an insight as to the, the question that I just asked about Steve Clark yeah, being, the, the, being yeah where he sits in the pantheon of Scot- Scotland managers. I think what's um, what's what's really important as well about this game is, like you're saying, if you want these big games, you have to be in League A, um, and so winning this league and getting ourselves into League A gives us the chance to play these games that Wales are playing. That um, And you look at the team, I guess, um, that we want to aspire to be is like a Hungary, um, how you're up there. Um, I'm not quite sure how they, how they finished the group, but um, they were challenging for first um, the last time I saw. So that's exciting. But I think they also the, the next Nations League, when it comes round, is actually mixing up even further. So you've got 10 South American teams joining the Nations League um, for 2024. So it's going to be a chance to play against the big teams in Europe, but we're also going to have our Colombia's, Brazil's, Argentina's playing in Europe as part of the Nations League, where we can really see right how is Clark Ball 
are going to fare up to, to to that. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean the way we're going, it's exciting. It's definitely it's exciting. Um, yeah, I think always keeping tempered because we did have June, um, and we've shown that um, we can have setbacks. But I think that the stronger the squad gets, um, the more the squad are developing new players, playing at higher levels consistently. Um, having two game plans now because that's two games of one with four at the back. We've always got the five at the back there, so that's two systems now that, and also the other systems that are within that um, that we can go to if we need them. Um, so we're becoming a better team, um, and long may it continue. What about you? any other thoughts on the game last Wednesday or we? Too long ago. I don't know, mate. Um, the, the one thing I would just say is that what, what Wednesday and Saturday have proved is that June, June was under Clark. What happened in June was an abnormality. It's not the norm for Scotland anymore. Um, and that's for me. See, for me, if, if you, you were to ask me what's the one thing that I could point to and say is um, the way I measure how successful. And, and how good a job Steve Clark's doing is is that what happened in June is not what I know what I expect anymore. Under Clark, we have we win. Well, we have won, to my recollection, nearly every single game that we go into and are expected on paper to win. So your games against your Armenias, your Georgias, your all, all that kind of carry on. Um, we've won every single game, um, and. In the big games against teams like your Denmark, Ukraine, Israel, um, Ireland, just trying to think of it. Yeah, Austria. Um, We always put in solid, very impressive footballing performances, except in June. Now, June was, and that's what I'm saying, June was an abnormality. I I think part of the problem with June, though, was that there was all the talk about in the East Germany that's incorrect. It was stubborn, too stubborn to change the system where. He's gone out, okay, maybe circumstances dictated it, but we've been out, he's changed the system and then he's got the rewards. So But you know you know what's going you know what's gonna happen with that, John. You know, with the change of system when we spoke about it earlier on, trying to get Robertson and Tierney in the same team. Um so we'll go to a back four and then the the the, the cry will be at the next camp, Oh, how can I know get Robertson and Tierney in the same team? Aye. Yeah. It might depend as well who you're playing, who you're playing against. Because maybe we're in a time where you can go, like, I don't need Robertson and Tierney both in the team. But if you're yeah. playing the likes of in Armenia, for example, if everyone's fit, go well, we don't need I think, um, both those. And as a forget to group A, we're not going to have that luxury. Aye. I think the other issue is as well, we look at it and it's, it's probably more for, especially the older players, but um, we, we've we we've not got many players who have heard on massive numbers of caps. Like I saw a guy who uh, used to play for Hearts, a um, Lithuanian guy, um, was it Lithuania and Latvia? Anyway, he's, he's reached 100 caps. He's maybe like 38 and still playing football. Um, and I'm like, we've got nobody approaching 100 caps. Um, so you've got these players like your Robertsons and Tierney's. Um, obviously, McGinn's just at 50. Gordon's racking them up. These guys want to play every single game um, because they want to get to the maximum number of caps they can get out of their career. And they want to be as far up that sort of um, leaderboard as they can get. Um, I mean... Gilmore's a player, he'll, he'll get he'll get hundreds of caps. Um he, he's gonna get plenty in his career. Uh 
but obviously he's he's just lost two potentially three uh, this window um, just by lacking all playing. So uh, it's getting more and more it's getting more and more difficult to drop players because the big players are enjoying themselves in the squad when they come. They don't want to be sitting on the bench. Um, they want to be there. I mean, you saw in in the clips Robertson's on on the bench. He's there. He's not just sitting at Liverpool rehab. Yeah. He's 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 in amongst the squad. Is that right, um, Alan? I, I didn't know that. Was Robertson, mm-hmm. was I, Robertson I, present I, at the games? I didn't know that. I saw him. I, I can't mind if it was Ireland game or the Ukraine game. I, I, I see definitely saw him. I see him in the bench. Aye. So, um, no, he was there. So, I mean, that's good to see. Um, and we've seen it in the past where Dykes has been injured and he's been there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, that, that just shows you we've got a, a squad to... They all, if, they're not, if they're not playing, they want to be a bit... Um, yeah. Got a squad of characters. They have. The, the, uh, I mean, the, I mean, the one, the one, the, the one for me was uh, was was Dykes buying everyone at the Scotland HQ around their drinks. <laughs> oh, that's class. I love that. I love that one. That that was. I mean, that just. I mean, you know. I mean, it just shows it just shows the, the, the positivity in the camp right now, and and the fact that we have a, a squad, you know, that the fans can relate to as well. You know, this is the first Scotland team I remember that I absolutely love. You know, yeah. I love every single player, even you know all the Anglo kind of players um, that that maybe you would think are you know great footballers, but you're not relating to them. I mean, Aye. you know, even what even I mean, you've you've got the likes of like you know Dykes and McTominay and that who are not maybe Scottish born, but they identify as Scottish. But but you, you, then you've got like some of the boys like I don't know your Che Adams, your Jacob Brown, who are who are you know the best player in the world. Maybe, maybe if England had came calling for them, they might have considered that before playing for Scotland. But yeah. the fans absolutely love them, and they absolutely love playing for Scotland. Um, and and that's something that I don't ever really remember in, in my years following Scotland. I I think that's just one angle of it as well, because obviously you've got the element where every player really comes through. I mean, I just even you look at you look at like Adams and McTominay, um, they've both got Scottish names. You know what I mean? They've Scottish sort of names, um, which is class. And I think somebody put, I don't know if it was Patty and Bovril or somebody else, um, put it up recently. But um, I think uh, it was something like only two two players in the squad hadn't played their football in Scotland at some stage in their career, um, compared to like uh, the opposite way in, in the Irish squad, where only two of the Irish squad had played in Ireland. Um, and I think that goes some way um, when you've got all these connections and stories and like players who've played up and down the country at wee, at tiny wee parks um, and the arse ended them free. So whatever, you know what I mean? It's just that this, that bond that gels everybody together um, is Scottish football. And uh, it's, I, I think having such a, a broad range as well, obviously that right now we've got a cluster of sort of hearts players and we've got a lot of Celtic connections in the squad. I think they've made a point of there's maybe eight or nine players who've all got recent uh, uh, or, Present Celtic connections, yeah, but you've got, um, and then we've got the Rangers connections as well, and Hearts and and Hibs, um, we have Dog and Portis, etc. There's loads of clusters throughout the squad that loads of fans throughout the country can relate to, and then now you've got a St Mirren call up as well. Um, it's it's good to see, um, and I think that was one of the things made about uh, Italy at Euro 2020, um, that really uh, Mancini um, brought Italy back together because they'd gone through a period in the wilderness, um, and they'd struggled. And one of the things that people liked about Mancini's squad was that he had um, players featuring for something like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 Serie A teams, um, which brings all the fans from those teams together 
and just gives that national team so much more support. Um, and that we're seeing that with Scottish with the Scottish team at the moment. Um, see if we are to look at Saturday's game, obviously one in a completely different way to last Wednesday. That's a good thing as well. We kind of grinded out a bit, I think. I don't. We never certainly created as many challenges what we did against Ukraine. And maybe, no. what, maybe slightly fortunate to win. Do think I we were? Say, for, I, I would say we were fortunate. Um, I agree. Agree that it wasn't. I mean, we didn't absolutely batter Ireland like we battered Ukraine. Um, but I think you know, more balance to the game. I think we well deserved to win it, particularly in, in the second half performance. Um, I, I thought the second half performance was very impressive, um, and that you know, you know, once again. That's a performance that's hampered by injury. We're missing Robertson. We're missing Tierney's went off. You know, a lot of the, the kind of top top players that that are, you know we would rely on normally are out. Um, so I, I think we definitely deserve to win both games. But I agree, it wasn't quite at the demolition that it, you know that we we had against Ukraine last Wednesday. Um, convincing all the same though. Yeah. yeah. Good start from Saturday, Jack Hendry. 60 passes, completed every single one of them. So not just was he playing like Beckenbauer, completed every single pass. He was Beckenbauer. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh, uh, John, come on, the boy's playing in Italy. I'm sure we can think of some sort of Italian. We need to think of... Maldi- Maldini or, you know... I uh, will think of something. We'll get... It'll just be Hendrissi or something like that. No, <laughs> no. Who are in it? I will scrap See, that. Yeah, I, um, I, I put a, a tweet up as well because I mean, his new, his new club that he's at, they've only, he's only played eight minutes for them. So imagine you've just signed this player. You didn't care too much about him because you didn't watch um, Club Bruges or whatever. Um, but you thought, oh, I'll, I'll give him a watch in the Scotland games. And you've just watched him play two cracking 90 minutes. Yeah, like, Christ Almighty, we're going to stay up. <laughs> I mean, what do they call that? Got... Libero. Is it Libero in Atalanta, a sweeper? I think. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it is. Maybe that's it. He's got a future there as a sweeper. I'll tell you, by the way, I'm a wee bit off topic, right? But see all these players, Scottish players playing out in Italy now. Like, unreal. Uh-huh. John Walker at the Scott Abroad podcast is getting his work cut out from. <laughs> he certainly has. Like, it's, a, it's a great time. And I think it's, it's success breeds success. I mean, you think you've, you've knew, I think you've got, I want to say, three Scottish players. No, I mean, we've got Henry. Henderson, Doig, and Ferguson. You've got four Scottish players, and um, plus um, your man at Bologna, I think, uh, the English Scott guy. Um, Banks, not Banks. Bank, uh, Banks. 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 Banks <laughs> um, I'm not sure if he's still there. I've not really been following him. Um, but uh, I, I mean, you've got four there, and I mean, it's the the longer, the more success they have because they're all. I mean, Ferguson's yet to really get a look in at Bologna, mm-hmm. but he's only just started, and I think he had that yellow card carry over carry over at the start. Start his journey there, but um, Doig's getting game time. Um, obviously, Henderson's a regular for Empoli. Um, so it's a uh, it, it, the more people, the more players see that they now see it as an option. And I think as well that you look at you talk about markets and etc. And then the Italian teams are now looking at Scotland, going, "This is a, a bring ground." I'm pretty sure, and Celtic fans maybe hope, wish they'd sold them, but Udinese put a bid in for Stephen Welsh yeah. in, in pre-season. Um, obviously he came on he started against uh, St Mern and I think there was a lot of criticism for him but I mean he's not played many games so it's a difficult one um, but that was a good bid I think it was a couple of million um, mm-hmm. so that he could have been another one so that's that's just showing the interest um, we're getting for these countries 
And I think the, the more the better. I mean, I'm, I, I keep trying, I was going to go and see Hickey play for Bologna and obviously that's been rolled out now. Um, so Ferguson, Ferguson can stay there and get in the team. We'll need to get across and see him. Um, definitely another good start. So we are unbeaten at home in the Nations League with seven wins and one draw, which is the best along with, I think, Italy. Aye. So we're turning hard into a bit of a fortress again, which is good to see. So if you win all your, all your home games in these groups, then you've always got a chance of progressing. So what, what you're saying is, if we can just no get promoted, stay in League B, then we can just keep that run going at Hamden? Well, <laughs> keep it going against Group A teams. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. No, no. To be honest with you, um, I think I think if we, I think when when we get promoted to the well, um, I think we have to sort of look at it as I. I think the key thing is being competitive in other games, and it's also given how it's going to be a wee while before the Nations League comes round again. We're going to be at the next stage of development as well, um, so it's going to be a it's it's going to be a, a, a very different, well, maybe not totally different personnel, but it'll be a, an even better Scotland team that'll be facing those. Um, nice. See, there are things that you find in Group A. A lot of the bigger teams don't take the National League that seriously in terms of some of the teams they put out. So that might help us when you see the likes of Group A. What is it? France only finished third in their group. Uh, they're okay. hungry. You were talking about earlier. They finished second in the group. So England obviously got relegated. Aye. Um, so, I never know. I think it's obviously depends on each, each nation. I think you've Obviously, we we talk about this about having is this, is this competitive uh, squad good for us and how's how they going to be going forward? I mean, we're, you look at all the big nations and how how deep it is. Um, I mean, you look at the England squad and how like laden with talent that squad is, and um, you think how how they'll even half these players out, but then you just can't fit them in the squad. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for us, I guess we're. Apart from the fullback positions, we're at a point now where, like, actually, we've got a solid player and we've got solid backup for most positions now, bar, bar and keeper and maybe a, a, another striker. But I mean, um, we're at a sort of comfortable stage now. Um, and if we can get another couple here, there, like, or just make that third fullback a youth player who's coming through, then um, we're perfect. Um, and I think that, that's, a, that's a good level. Um, I think if you have, it's difficult if you have too many. Uh, well, we've seen the issues with Robertson and Tierney, and we've made it work for us. But if I don't know if you had like three or four absolute world class left backs, what's he going to start doing? Putting them all about the park? I mean, Zinchenko obviously. Do you Easy. Uh, well, I mean, there was been there was jokes about that already. I mean, remember when we when mm-hmm. we first looked at who we could potentially put in, in one of the squads, and it's just a team full of fullbacks. Um, but uh, you've got obviously the dynamic ones, your likes of Zinchenko and stuff, who they just stick him at the midfield. Um, to get him in the Ukraine team because he's that good. And I mean, I'm, I think a lot of folk were talking about how Tierney's been playing. I mean, he had a pop shot against um, Ukraine that was unlucky not to go in. Um, but I, I do believe you could play Tierney in a few positions. Um, obviously, we didn't need to because of the quality of the park. Yeah. I, I agree, Al. T- Tierney, you know, Tierney specifically, he is a footballer. In my view, I think you, he could play anywhere on a, on a pitch and he would give a hundred percent, and he would be. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say you're going to play him up top, and he's going to be amazing. But I, I think he would. He would still do reasonably well. Do you know what I mean? He is that talented a footballer, in my opinion. I think he's one of the most versatile footballers that we've had in in so long because his attributes, 
you know, he's he's got attributes that would be beneficial for every single position on the pitch. Yeah, I think he's so comfortable on the ball, uh, and he looks up before he passes. He's got the pace to, um, and the, the the football intelligence to get into spaces and and play these intricate one twos and look for the overlap. And um, we found him obviously we found him some with Robertson, um, where he's got the sense to when to go and he can get in positions um, out wide to get the crosses. And he's he, he's got that he's got that bit of everything. Um, and obviously, he added, I think he got his first goal against Poland, um, Bahida. Um, so he's a he's goal as a goal scorer in left back now as well. Um, <laughs> so he's added that to his game. Um, so I no, he's he's, he's definitely. I, I think it's difficult if you look at all the players we've got. Who's an out and out star? It is Tierney. Um, for for me anyway, it's definitely Tierney. But we've got a lot of other players who. Are solid, uh, really, really quality players, um, and nobody, even though it's Tierney, who's who's obviously a lot of folks' favourites, nobody strikes out as a a superstar. Nobody, nobody claims that you've got a team of hard workers who all work for each other, um, and that's just yeah, it just it's, it's such a good feeling around the squad. The starter with Tierney, I see, is we've only lost three games in twenty-one with Tierney in the team. There you go. Eh? Oh. We're a better we're a better team with a minute. Yeah. Um right before we wrap up, is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up in terms of predictions for the game tomorrow? No. The Dwight drinks it. Are you not giving a prediction then, Josh, for the game? One nil, Scotland. <laughs> no one. Because obviously we're away. <laughs> no apologies, mate. apologies, mate. That is a cardinal sin. No, honestly, I hate that. No one Scotland. I, I hate it. Hey, Alan. Hey, one two Scotland. Yes, that's what we like. Right, okay, that will do us. And we're through Group A, Pot two for the qualifiers. Yeah, hey, we'll be laughing. And then you're twenty twenty four. What is it? You've got you've got to say, mate. You know, out of everything, I'm not going to labour it too much, but out of everything for me in, in terms of the Nations League, that pot two is the biggest, that is the biggest aspect of all this. To get pot two is, it's just going to make, it's just going to make qualifying and the teams we play against that much better. Mm-hmm. Aye, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think Israel are pot two, so if we can, if we get into pot two, we don't have to play Israel, which is quality. Um, I think the, the draw for the qualifying for the Euros is on the 9th of October. Um, so we didn't have to wait very long to see how we get on if we when we beat Ukraine tomorrow. Aye. And if we, as it stands just now, we could get Armenia, if we do go into Porto, we could get Armenia again or Ireland, which would be fine. Uh, we could get Sweden. But I think Sweden would be all right. I've seen folk like saying, no, oh, Sweden would be good, but I don't see Sweden being that great nowadays. See, see, I think see, that's past, like years gone by. Um, the other ones were was it Romania and I want to say it's Slovakia so that's the ones I confirmed just now in Pot 3 Aye No I mean that is the thing it's going to be, Pot 2 doesn't mean you're guaranteed to qualify I think it's just more that it's we put ourselves in the best position we can put ourselves in um, and if you, if you if you perform as your your pot's decided um Pot one and two should qualify for the tournament. So we put ourselves put on the best best chance. But you look at the way we play the now and look at the way we tore apart Ukraine. I think it was 20, 
20 plus shots and they, they had zero. I mean, if we can do that to Ukraine, we, we can beat anybody, um, especially in terms of uh, bought three teams onwards. So I uh, know we just get, if we get ourselves in there, we give ourselves the best chance and we take what group comes to us. Aye, and we're definitely back on the positivity bus. Positivity bus. That's it. Because the last we weren't quite sure, were we? So, <laughs> uh, even you were a bit, you weren't quite sure, I think. Believe the hype, mate. So, <laughs> right. What well, is us? Good luck to Scotland on Tuesday, which will probably be today if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, cheers, Alan, for coming back on. Good to have you on, as always. And Josh, pleasure as always. And remember, if you see us top anywhere, Size small, pink. Yeah, I I leave that again. By the way, size size small, pink women's away uh, World Cup tap. Um, if any soul, living soul, knows anything about it, I will owe you many beers. Right, cheers, guys.